for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, see, I'm making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is the word of the Lord. You got it. All right. Can you hear me? On Zoom. Yeah, it looks like, sounds like we're in the room. Ben, will you do me a favor and turn on that room mic? Uh, so I can hear the room still. It's super weird without it. All right. <clears throat> uh, well, good. Thanks. Uh, one other thing here. Hold on. Sorry. Okay. Good morning, friends. How you doing? Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Um, super. Uh, this is strange. Uh, it's like talking to myself. Um, <clears throat> you know what? If you're at home and you're comfortable with it, no pressure. But if you turn on your camera, that'll help me out a bunch. I won't, I won't feel like I'm talking to a wall. Um, okay. Well, I'm sad to not be with you this morning. Um, <clears throat> we are on day unknown of our... Uh, of, of COVID isolation. Um, Kate got a positive COVID test and she was hit pretty hard by it. Um, I've decided to jokingly refer to her now as COVID Katie. Um, probably not my smartest move, but, um, and then I got a negative test, but I'm still not feeling a hundred percent. Uh, not sure I trust my test results. So I, I don't know what my story is, but again, uh, we're on unknown day of our, uh, of our, our quarantine. Um, <clears throat> really thankful for, uh, for Aaron and Ben, who spent a whole bunch of time uh, doing a whole bunch of, not so much invisible, but, um, you know, the amount of work they did was maybe a little invisible, but work that allows me to preach from home and to not have to make any really, really difficult calls. So cheers. Good morning. Merry Christmas. It's good to see you all. Thanks for you at home who, uh, who put your zoom cameras on for me. I feel better now. Um, I, uh, I'm thankful for this technology today that allows us to continue meeting together so we can continue to remind each other. Um, I can remind myself, I can remind you, you can remind me, we can remind each other of who we are and whose we are, that we are no matter what, no matter what, that we are beloved. No matter what we've done, no matter what's been done to us, that every morning God's mercies are new. Every day God's mercies are new. Every week, every month, every year, we rise again um, to God's love, which is stronger than any of the other things in our lives. I, knew, I do know that 
um, especially depending on what life has been like lately, that that might be hard to believe, might be hard to feel, but it is, it is true. Um, <clears throat> today we're continuing um, looking at and reading uh, from what's called, been called, uh, what's called the, the Revelation or the Apocalypse. And um, <clears throat> so I want to take a minute and I want to I talk about what Apocalypse is and what it isn't. I want to talk about what this renewal that we heard uh, heard about, what it what it means, and 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 how it how it's accomplished. Um, but before I do that, before I dive in, um, let me pray. Hey, Matt, you put your camera on. Too. Thanks, <clears throat> uh, Abba. We come before you this morning, all of us from wherever we are, to. to lay down all of these identities, all of these things that we have picked up or have been placed on us, and we come to bring them to you, the one who made us. The one that knows us, loves us, counted the even the hairs or the lack thereof on our heads would you remind us today who we are and help us to see how you're working in our lives we love you amen So we, 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 we're reading again for, listen, this is the third time in about a month from the book of Revelation, which is, hey, I could kind of see the room. Uh, Aaron, you're high quality. <laughs> what a hard season. And what a beautiful season to, um, to have the opportunity to come to sort of the end of ourselves, but also to discover um, what's there, and that, that we're not we're not as alone. Uh, so reading this, anyways. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so we're uh, we're looking at Revelation for the second or third time in a couple months, which has to be some record. Um, and it's called Revelation, um, but the the Greek name for the book is um, Apocalypse. An apocalypse really just means, um, it just really means unveiling, revealing, revelation, right? So we're reading, we're hearing from this book called the revelation or the apocalypse or the unveiling. And what I want to bet is that most of us, when we think of revelation or apocalypse, we think of this. Can you see it? It's interesting with everybody on it. I'm going to move it around a little bit, move you all on top of each other, right? This is what we think of when we think of, of apocalypse. A world in ruins. Um, you know, it's like one of those movies, the, the, the post-apocalyptic world. We think of everything that has come, uh, come crashing down, burning down around us. 
Um, did we make it through? Are we there? Are we wandering the wasteland, as it were? You know, this is, I think, the image that we we conjure up, especially if you, um, especially if you have read any of those um, wonderfully entertaining, completely, in my opinion, off the rails, left behind books. Um, right? We think of Revelation, we think of Apocalypse, and this is what we think about. And I, I want to suggest that. Um, Hold on. Did I get it? Are we all back? Did we all leave Apocalypse? Are we, we returned to a normal? Okay, good. Right? So um, while for some of us, many of us, uh, it might feel like right now that the whole thing is, in fact, burning down around us. And this idea that, that the Apocalypse, that, Revel- that what Revelation is talking about, the end of the world, is that post-dystopian, you know, societal breakdown world. It might seem like that. It might even feel like that to us right now. And what I gently want to remind myself, because I feel this too, uh, and all of us is that, well, it may feel like that's what's happening. We are just simply entering into what has been common for so much of the world for so much of time. What we're experiencing, while it, is, while it is difficult, while it is painful, while it is uncomfortable, is, is not new for the world. It's new for us. And I'm going to pose this as a question to hopefully retain openness from you. I don't actually think it's a – I'm pretty sure this is what's going on. Um, but um, maybe – What's happening right now is that we're having removed from us um, security, peace um, that is derived from advantages that we, not everyone, but we were born with. And as these things are being removed from us, um, we may find an, an end to some false securities from some things in our lives that aren't meant to give us security. Money isn't supposed to make us feel secure. It does. But then one might understand it as being an idol. Our access to resources definitely makes us feel secure. And it is right and good um, for us to have access to resources. But it's right and good for every human everywhere to have them. Maybe what's being removed from us in this moment uh, is the things we derive life and security from that are not meant to give us them. So in that sense, um, we can understand what's, what's happening to us now and even what's taught, being talked about in, in Revelation uh, as, as, as an ending. Right, and as we heard this morning, uh, not only is it, you know, just the end of false security, but it's the end of mourning, crying, pain. It's the end of death, and death in all the forms of it. That's what John, the writer, uh, is talking about here. What he's hearing and what he's seeing is uh, a moment in time where everything 
is being renewed. And this renewal isn't being accomplished by a snap, right? It's not a microwavable renewal. It's not, um, it's not instant. But it's being brought about by God's, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> by God's self-giving, right, we're thinking about Jesus here, uh, God's self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. The ending of death, of mourning, of crying, of pain. The, the, the all things being made new, the renewal of everything is happening through Christ, specifically in his self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. And how do we see this displayed? Well, the incarnation, Christmas, the nativity, uh, the word made flesh and dwelled among us and living, uh, being, I'm sorry, being born in uh, the middle of nowhere um, to people of no significance. Now, that's not really true because they are deeply significant, just as everyone is significant. But as the world does the math and keeps the score, they were no one's living nowhere. And we see here that Christ, who was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and being born in human likeness. Right? We see here that God's self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love in, in the birth, in the incarnation of Christ, that thing we're celebrating right now. We also see it happening, the renewal of all things, in, um, in what Jesus does while he's alive, right? So we see it in, in, in just how he comes on the scene, how this thing sort of begins. Um, but then we see it through how he lives. We, um, when, when we hear Jesus begin to articulate his purpose, he says that the spirit of the Lord is on him because the spirit has appointed Jesus to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, release to the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus says that the son of man, him, didn't come to seek, uh, came to seek and save the lost, or he came uh, to, to heal those who are sick, to dispense mercy, to seek justice. And we see this displayed in his life. Jesus is self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. And that's exactly what we see on the cross. We see him give of himself even though he doesn't want to. Even though it's um, not, not for him, but for us. We see our violence revealed in the cross. We see God is... I mean, this is just crazy. God is willing to suffer for us. Self-giving, radically 
forgiving, co-suffering love. So when we read, when we hear, when we read from the book of Revelation, we are hearing about endings, the ending of death, suffering. We're also hearing about beginnings, the renewal of everything, all things being made new. And these things are being accomplished. These things are happening through the self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love of Christ. That's what's bringing about the change. That's what's bringing about the transformation of the whole world. The picture in the book of Revelation is not the world exploding in a fiery crash. And then we all make our way up the, the angelic ladder to heaven. We're given wings and a a harp, there's the word. Where's it been hard for me to get in the last couple of days? I think that's the brain fog. Um, it's, 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 it's not the big fiery explosion. And I want to urge all of us to do what we can to purge that from how we imagine the future. And I, I don't mean hard things are going to go away. I mean, the end that God is leading everything towards is not destruction, but renewal. <clears throat> uh, if you want to take out your Bibles, um, we're going to go to Revelation 21, 1 through 6. I'm going to just read through it and point out a couple things. Myself when I cough. Revelation 21, 1 through 6. It's super weird to like to talk to people and not see them. All right. So John begins or begins revealing or starts talking here, and he tells us what he is seeing. He tells us what he is seeing. And what he sees is a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away and the sea was no more. And then I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven for God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. All right, now quick, quick stop here for a minute. A loud voice. I love that the voice declaring here, the home of God is among mortals, is a loud voice. When God yells, it is not, I'm going to get you, I know what you did last summer. I can read your minds. You're in big trouble. The great voice of God doesn't declare. Doesn't tell us how in trouble and how bad we are. But declares rescue. Declares presence declares that despite where we are, how we are, 
what's not working out, how much we've steered the ship off course, that God is coming to make God's home with us. It's a big voice because it's something that everyone, everything, everywhere needs to hear. It's a big voice because it is what it, it is. It matters to all of us. It impacts all of us. It is happening to all of us. And it is something that is said with conviction. When God yells, when God speaks loudly, it isn't condemnation, but it is about presence and renewal. And what does he declare? That the home of God is among mortals, that he will dwell. And the word dwell there is actually the word tabernacle, which when you're reading this and you hear this, you go immediately back to Exodus. God is tabernacling among God's people. And the, the tabernacle was the portable presence. It was the thing that, that sort of housed or signified the portable presence of God amongst God's people while they moved from uh, Egypt to the promised land with 40 years of wandering. So it's a presence that is with us through it all. And think about the, the, how this presence was with the people. What, what kind of, um, how, how well they did at it. They grumbled a lot. They missed Egypt a lot. Now, when I read this, when I think of this, I'm not suggesting you have to, but <clears throat> I find myself immediately thinking about, uh, man, I sure wish we could get back to what life was like before. I mean, COVID's an easy one to put in there. But all of our lives, there are things we sometimes wish we could, get, we could go back to. We could hop in time machines or we could take what it was like then and bring it to now. God is with us, no matter how hard it might be to see, no matter how much we wish we were somewhere else, right where we are. God tabernacles, dwells. He will tabernacle with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. <clears throat> Mourning, crying, and pain will be no more for the first things that passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne says, see, I'm making all things new. Now, this one's really interesting to me. See, I'm making all things new. Because again, first of all, this is what the loud voice is declaring. So part of what the loud big voice is saying is uh, I make, I'm making all things new. Something that everyone, everywhere, everything to hear this and it's that first word, see, I'm making all things new. And isn't that the hardest part? Seeing, recognizing where you are, seeing well, interpreting your circumstances, I just love this reminder here that before the declaration I'm making all things new is God telling John 
And I would suggest telling us that we have to see it, inviting us to see it, to accept it, to believe it. But this is where it's all going. This is what's happening. Even if it doesn't make sense to us. And making all things new, see it. I think it was Mr. Rogers who said, look for the helpers. What do you look for? What are we looking for? How are we interpreting the world? And the things that God is making new, it's not some of the things, it's all of the things. It's not just the things that I like or you like or God likes. It's all of the things. God is renewing everything. That's, depending on the day, hard to believe. God making all the things new is it's not happening instantly. It's not, uh, there are no shortcuts. There's no microwave, right? God is making all of the things new through self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. <clears throat> I love that this is basically how scripture ends. But we get to the end and God says, I'm making all things new. Hi, Luella. So what? Not so what to Luella. Uh, Luella's birthday is also today. Hi, Luella. Happy birthday. Um, Luella's on Zoom. If you don't have Zoom on, you can't. Anyways, so she's being super adorable in her dinosaur pajamas. Oh, they took her off the screen. Um, okay, sorry. Need more coffee. So here's, the, here's my question. Here's, here's the so what. How do we get there if we're not there? Right? If you don't think God's making all things new, um, and I don't mean like think it here. I mean think it like here or think it here. Right? Think it in the way where it's lived out, where it's a belief, where it impacts how we live. Right? Um, the person who, who cuts us off on the road, while it might elicit an immediate sense of anger, we immediately uh, could move to the, I wonder what's going on, right? When um, somebody, you know, gives you a sharp word, recognizing that it's not fun to get a sharp word, it's not okay to speak to people sharply, but also what's going on inside them to bring it out, right? How do we begin to see, well, how do we begin to move into participating in this renewal because as well i think as is obvious to all of us um it ain't done it ain't we ain't there all right it's not over and i want to suggest offer nudge us myself included towards this um This idea that how we get there is by practicing self-giving, 
radical forgiveness, and co-suffering love. We get, we get here, we see the way God sees by living in the way Jesus invites us to, by following the way of Christ. might not be the answer we want. But it's what scripture is inviting us into. Is to follow the way of Christ. Give of ourselves. To practice forgiveness. To suffer in our love. I mean, for so much of how uh, I think we were, what culture is, what our culture has taught us is that love feels good. And so that when love doesn't, when it doesn't feel good, it isn't love. But that's most certainly not how scripture articulates love to us. In fact, the first mention of love in scripture is in the story of Abraham and Isaac on top of the mountain where God has asked Abraham to offer Isaac up. That's the first mention of love. God so loves the world that God gives the way we enter into, the way we can begin to see all things being made new is by giving of ourselves, by forgiving in a way that may be radical to people uh, who, who haven't asked for it and, and we might not even think deserve it. Now, when, I, when we talk about forgiveness, I'm not talking about you know, giving, giving somebody who's harmed you the keys to your house or the keys to your heart. Right? I'm talking about what you hold on in your heart for them towards them. Letting, setting them free of their debt to you. And what we see in Christ is that it's a radical. It doesn't, it, it, it almost has no limit. It's a bit astonishing. Uh, I love the story of Jesus eating with Zacchaeus because what we have is Jesus eating food bought with stolen money. I mean, right? He's overtaxed. He's, he's stolen from his neighbors. And that's the, that's the food Jesus eats. He pulls up to the table with Zacchaeus. And then it's the co-suffering love. So it's pretty fitting, I think, today that we have... Uh, this passage from Revelation for us where, where here we are sitting in the new year. Here we are sitting um, still in Christmas. Christmas is two weeks, friends. All right, it's the second week of Christmas. You got 12 days. We need to talk about this. We need to sing the Christmas song just a little longer. And here we are talking about the word made flesh and, and dwelling among us, tabernacling among us. We're talking about... Um, God making all things new. God making all things new through things ending, but also through things beginning. And we hear this declared in a, a big, loud voice. 
for everyone, every year, everywhere. And, and, and we notice here that when God, when God gets big or loud with God's voice, it's to declare that you're loved and that I, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm coming for you. I'm restoring things. And the invitation for us is to participate in it. And the best way to do that is through the way of Christ, which is self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. I feel like I just want to keep reminding myself and us of that as we enter into this new year, right? To re-see, rethink, um, to set before us the way of Christ is how we understand and how we want to be and how we want to live. Not, not how it was last year or yesterday or 20 years ago, but to trade, to see God making all things new. All right, we're going to take a moment here and get ready for communion. So I'll, um...